Hi. Hello, Andrina. How are you? I'm all right. Yourself? Excellent. Yes, I'm really excited to be talking to you and seeing you again today. This is going to be an interesting podcast, I hope. You've got questions prepared, haven't you? I do. Yes, I am the interviewer this time. Oh, I'm really excited. I'll also say that you, I know you sent me these questions um, a while ago, but then I agreed to them, completely lost them, haven't been able to find it again, and can't remember what we're going to be talking about. So it's a blind Q&A. Absolutely amazing. Very good. I think you'll be fine. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm not worried. I'm prepared. I was born ready for this kind of stuff. Excellent. Um, First, can I ask you, how are you just in general and how are you doing with your goals and your healthy eating and all your exercise? How's life in general for you? I'm feeling pretty awesome today. Um, I had a really good gym session this morning, really tough, um, worked very hard. Um, I've had quite a few rest days this week because I felt quite tired. So I think, um, I think I needed it. And so this morning I was able to really uh, make it count so that was good oh that makes sense so you've gone you've gone back to the gym a little bit rested and rejuvenated hey and then you had a good power yes that often does happen i'm also on a rest a little bit from gymming myself my shoulder's been giving me a little bit of a niggle it's just been saying you've been doing too much i think so i'm also chilling out on it a little bit um, I'm going to ask you something as well, and I'm really sorry to be annoying, but you know your microphone that you've got there? Mm, yeah. Um, the other one on the other side. Oh, that's nice. It's that one, yeah. It's it's rubbing on, the, on your clothing and uh, ma making a sound. So if you use making a noise, yes, it'd be... It's you, have to, you have to hold them. Annoyingly, yes. You have to hold the microphone close to your mouth, hopefully, if you can, um, if you can get... Um, Get it close to there for good sound quality. Um, and how's your weight management, etc., going? Good, really well. Um, sticking to all my uh, my my kind of process goals. So getting that all done. I'd, I'd say this is probably more of a a maintenance week. Really, I've been eating a, a little bit more this week. I've been a little bit hungrier. Um, so, but. I'm I'm staying within all my staying within all my goals, getting all my steps in, um, sticking to maintenance or under, and uh, yeah, been been good. I will say that I'm extremely proud of you. You're an A star student. You do all the correct things. It's absolutely fantastic. Your weight's been coming down lovely, hasn't it? Your your yep. weight loss graph is very very consistent on the way down. It's coming down really nicely. And now I'm glad that you're listening to your body as well, and not just driving harder and harder and harder and harder and burning yourself out you're listening to your body you've eaten a bit more this week you've taken a rest from the gym you're feeling a bit better already you're noticing this is part of the process it's part of the process and then you'll be able to push forward again and then at some point you'll get tired again and we'll ease off we'll back off it just a little bit so you're doing it in sort of i don't know segments or and, and that's that's the advice of how we do it on the six steps of slim program isn't it try and sort of compartmentalize your larger goal into chunks i think so and it's kind of like so it's been coming down very very steady and i think i'm probably going to go in a more of a straight line for a week or so and then i can like you say push it again and then it'll come down again and it is uh, more natural to want to just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it but you've it said be before sometimes. you just can't 
you just can't really do that. It's not sustainable. Um, and actually, I just need to back off a little bit. And I think focus on the process goals rather than anything else. Because if I'm if I'm still doing all the right things I'm supposed to be doing, then I will be making progress. And, and that's I just need to trust that. And that's, you know, and everything will catch up later. It'll be fine. Yep, you're exactly right. You're doing fantastic. Um, it's kind of, it is kind of, I don't know if it's natural, but people do want to keep moving forward with the weight loss because it's moving towards your goal, isn't it? And it feels motivating. And when it's going well, you don't want to stop it on purpose, but it's going well. Why would I want to stop the weight loss when it's going well? Because we've got to always be mindful that it's a really long game that we're playing, isn't it? It's like trying to get good at or improve at let's say running you don't run every day that's not what people no it's not what people do even you, you have you, you have to understand that it's a difficult thing to do it has physical impacts on the body then it needs to have a bit of a recovery period and dieting is kind of a similar thing you can you can diet a bit more often than you can exercise you, you can diet most days but if you try and just do it non-stop all the time it just we call it diet fatigue, don't we, on the program? And it just builds up and builds up and builds up until eventually people either... They either can't keep it going or they get too bored of it or cravings get too much for them or hunger gets too much for them or, you know, they either break or rebound, essentially, and the weight starts to come back on. People get sick of it, so you've got to take breaks on it. So I'm proud of you for doing that and for listening to your body because it's sometimes a difficult thing to do, isn't it? Well, it is because I would like to see if I lose another two and a half pounds, which seems like a small amount, really. That will be me at a fairly decent big goal for myself, yeah, right? Powerful. And I'm like, um, so I'd like that two and a half pounds off today, if possible. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday <laughs> would be best. Today would be second best. <laughs> yes. Of course. So, but, but I'm telling myself it, it does. I mean, it's arbitrary, isn't it? These these things, we, we, we put these numbers in our heads and it, it's completely arbitrary. It doesn't really matter. The trend is down and that's that's what I want. Um, but yeah, so I'll just have to wait a little bit longer. It's, it's practicing patience as well. And I don't suppose anybody's particularly good at that. But I feel as if I feel as if I'm making improvements because I, I have been very impatient and now I'm just thinking, oh, well, I'll just have to wait another week or so. It's fine. It is It is a game that, or a journey that teaches you patience, isn't it? Because nobody can really rush it, the fat loss game. There's no secret tricks. There's no skips. There's no shortcuts. You either have to burn the calories or not eat them. And it's the same amount for every single person. It's three and a half thousand calorie deficit per pound. And it doesn't matter what you do. That's still a lot. And it still takes time. And that's only for one pound. How many pounds have you got to go? All right then. So it takes time, doesn't it? it yeah. Takes time. So it is a it is a patience game for sure. I'm really proud of you for getting close to one of your next targets, though. That's absolutely amazing. It's on lock. It's going to happen soon, isn't it? It's it will. Happen soon. I've been happy to see your increasing confidence across the program as well. Um, your confidence in your own ability to achieve, and that the job actually will be done. It's it is amazing because you you start at the beginning. And even though I have lost weight before, you start at the beginning and you think, mm, this will maybe not work for me. I, I, I might I might not be able to do it. And then it does start happening and you think, oh, okay, I can do it. And 
and you do start to believe in yourself again. This is one of the reasons why we track people's progress, etc. Even if people are sometimes scared to, like some people don't like weighing themselves. So I don't force people to weigh themselves, but I do like if people can track some sort of measurement of progress and tracking your body weight is a good one. It's, it, well, it's, it's not a perfect tool, but it's one of the best tools we've got definitely. And I like people to track their body weight so that they can see that it is working in front of their own eyes. They can see. So then you, you can't deny it. You can't deny that you could achieve the goal because you are achieving it. You can only, yeah, yeah you can only have negative self-talk for so long in, in, in the face of ap- absolute evidence that you are, your weight is coming down really nicely and really consistently. Do you actually know for you personally how fast your weight is trending down? Like how many, is it sort of how many pounds per week on average? Half of a I pound, think- one pound, one and a half? I- at the moment, it's about a pound a week. Oh, I that's think, nice. On average, um, that's nice. Maybe, maybe slightly more, like one point two or something like that. Okay, that's um, really nice. The the app that I use, um, it gives you it gives you a trend. Um, I'll just I'll just look. Hold on. I can't. I'm holding my iPad and obviously the microphone. I've and just picked microphone. up my phone. Yes. <laughs> Let me see. Multitasking so, here. What's the, app, what's the app called that you use to track as well? Um, I'm using Happy Scale. Happy Scale. Okay, yeah. I, I've seen this yeah. app because you obviously send me screenshots and it actually looks great. So uh, today, with today's data, and it's saying my current rate is 0.97. Okay, nice. So it's basically exactly one pound at this minute in time. And that's yeah. with, you, with you just having a maintenance week, so that's why it's probably just dropped down slightly. That's absolutely great. So that means yeah. you're, you're creating roughly a 500-calorie deficit per day. Yeah. In a variety of methods, because you go to the gym, you do your cycling, you do some walking. We're doing, obviously, healthy eating to bring down the calorie intake. All that's accumulating to roughly a 500-calorie deficit per day, and that's very, very powerful. Yeah, that's really do you, good. Do you know – yeah, because it's not easy to do, so you should be very proud of that – um do you know roughly what your average calorie intake is like how much food you've been eating obviously you just have to guess i tend to eat around about 1800 calories a day roughly okay that's really nice then so that's not too low this is this indicates to me then we can fit we can estimate from this that if you're eating roughly 1800 and you're creating a 500 deficit your metabolism is probably going to be about 2300 per day isn't it yeah yeah, so you're, I that, think so. That'd be your rough calorie maintenance level. That's good. That's a decent fast metabolism from you. Obviously, that's contributed to you by by being healthy, doing your exercises, you do your cycling, you do your walking, or all the healthy eating little bits and bobs that go into it as well. But that's absolutely fantastic. Well done. Well Thank done. you. <laughs> I'm really glad to see it. I also appreciate all your feedback on the program as well. Um, you feedback every single day, don't you, to me? Through the yes. check-in, sometimes through private messages as well. Absolutely yes. great. Yes. I really like it. I really like it. It's um, It allows us to work together as a team, doesn't it? Yes. It allows mm-hmm. me to let you, to, to know where you are and you're letting, me, you're letting me know where you are. So then we both understand because you, you live in Falkirk. Is that right? I do. Yes. Yep. Falkirk. Um, the great and powerful Scotland. I live in England, Sheffield, basically the centre-ish. Yes. (laughs) Um, It's closest to the centre of Great Britain. Like if you look on a map, if you like stuck a pin roughly in the middle, that's not that far from Sheffield sort of thing. Um, So we are an online team, aren't we? 
where we are an online team yes yes we are an online team and it's the powers and wonders of the internet isn't it which allows us to working well yes it is working well your weight's coming down nicely you're feeling positive it's good it's going really good but one of the things about online programs is it's really important to feedback because i i can't i don't know follow you around i can't see what you're eating ever so i only understand exactly what you feed back to me i'd it'd be impolite as well and most likely incorrect for me to try and read between the lines of what people say so i can just i just have to take what you say as face value and you're somebody that's excellent at feeding back a good amount of information to me to let me know where you're at um i don't know if we mentioned this on the previous podcast that we did but one of my favorite things that you do is the hunger and cravings rating one out of ten every single day (laughs) i love that it's like a diet fatigue rating how hard is the diet feeling some days you put one don't you no hunger and no i'm like yes i love those days i've seen quite a lot of ones in there no hunger no cravings easy day i think it's the water hydration levels do you really Mm -hmm. it could definitely could be yeah, but th- yesterday, mm. oh, I think yesterday was about a seven or an eight. I was very hungry yesterday. Ooh. <laughs> yesterday, yes. yesterday was almost a disaster day, really. It really was. I was very, very hungry. So I'm, I'm having one of those days today, literally. Um, I've been up since oh. half past four in the morning. Not oh entirely my goodness. Sure, not entirely sure why. No alarm. Just I was tired yesterday, so I fell asleep at like nine o'clock. So by half past four, that's seven and a half hours. My body was like, oh, it's definitely time to wake up now. So I woke up starving hungry, ate breakfast at like five in the morning. I've just been starving Oof. hungry all day. <laughs> but I'm, um, I'm also watching my waistline and trying to manage my calorie intake. So today I'm just dealing with it. And if, if, if it what, was actually um, dying, I would eat more, but... What, because uh, obviously, right, we've just spoke about my calorie maintenance, 2,300 yes. calories, we reckon, for a day. Yes. Does that increase the longer you're awake or no? Yes, it would because do. surely yeah. you're, you're moving slightly more yep. if you're awake longer. Yep. But definitely. I mean, probably not enough to eat a hell of a lot more, I don't suppose. Hmm. I have got information, but not immediately to hand or in the brain that Mm -hmm. tells you how much of a meta, um, it's called a met increase, like a metabolic increase. Um, you can get the calorie maintenance level and you can use a metabolic calculator to put in different things that people do. And it'll tell you roughly how many calories it burns. Um, and being awake does burn slightly more calories than being asleep. Definitely. Like you said, just through fidgeting, like sitting up, sitting up, for example, burns more calories than laying down. Yes. Standing up burns 25% more calories than sitting down. Then when you start moving, that burns even more, if this makes sense. So yeah, if you were awake for a long time, not not that we um, recommend the sleep deprivation diet because we don't. No, No, there's also lots of studies showing that if you sleep less, you'll get less fat loss results and you'll have worse blood sugar management, worse health outcomes. You'll struggle more with cravings. You'll struggle more with hunger. You'll struggle more with tiredness and fatigue and lack of willpower and decision-making fatigue. So not sleeping is not a good way to <laughs> lose loads of weight boost your, boost your metabolism no no it'd be better no. to just move more when you are awake and then still sleep well still yes. try and get you six to eight hours however many that you need um but technically I yes i need about 10 um <laughs> so. the, the, the 10 do you, re, do you really are you joking or is that? I, i'm i'm exaggerating slightly but not not that much actually i'm a really good sleeper so oh, really? i get okay, that's fantastic. i get at least eight hours possibly nine you know oh that's good to hear 
That's really yeah. good to hear. With the staying up longer thing, the only time that that ever that I have ever really practically taken it into account in any sort of consistent basis is some people in the Six Steps of Slim program, they work night shifts at like the hospital Ah. and stuff Mm -hmm. like this. Sometimes they're awake all day and all night, you know, and those, and sometimes they're moving around around the hospital all day and almost 24 hours. Those people, I don't mind if they eat a couple more hundred calories on those days, you know, and I've never seen a detriment to that. They find it easier. Mm-hmm. They might need some more food. You need to stay up and alert and feeling good. You need a bit more energy. Yeah. That's, that's the only time I've ever seen it really practically play out. Mm-hmm. But like cutting yourself down from seven hours down to five. And I don't think that's really a fat loss technique. No, I wouldn't do very <laughs> well on that. So. No, it's not. It's not one of the six steps to slim, to sleep less. <laughs> no, <laughs> definitely not. Well, Today, I thought we could have a wee chat because obviously we talk about you're not prescriptive on the, on this diet at all. Um, we can eat however suits us. Yes. Um, and actually, at the end of the day, with any diet for success, we're basically just trying to take calories out of the diet. And there's a whole load of different ways you can do that. Yeah. And so I thought it might be interesting just to talk about some of those those techniques, different things that you can try. Oh, because of my this own sounds ex- excellent. <laughs> in my own great. experience, I think it's really useful to try different ways of eating I to then agree. see what what suits you and what works for you. Yeah, because so, w- we're all w- different. Yeah, I was explaining to literally a lady on a consultation um, who joined the Six Steps Slim program yesterday, I was explaining to her about how the education system works on the program and how it is, it does teach you about food and stuff like this, but really it's also a lot about goal setting and goal picking. And I explained to this lady that throughout the Six Steps of Slim educational lectures, you learn about different things you could do to alter your food intake. And then I encourage people to try different methods and you might not like it. Like one, I'll just make one up, one method that pops up is intermittent fasting. You know, some, some members hear about that and it sounds awful. Some members hear about that and it sounds great and they, and they like it and they try it. Some people try it and they like it. Uh, we've had one member on the six steps of slim program, use a, lose a hundred pound, um, in body weight. Yeah. hundred LBs. Um, how many kg would that be? I don't know, 45 or something. Mm, I would agree. Something in that area. Um, using an intermittent fasting method worked perfectly and has kept the weight off as well, by the way, and has kept the weight off as well for a significant length of time, multiple years at this point. Um, so, but for me, intermittent fasting, awful. Like I yeah, said, I, 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 not for me either. I woke up at five o'clock this morning, starving. That's normal for me. I'm so, some people are not hungry in the morning. I am so hungry in the morning. It's crazy. Um, for me, I do like a, kind of like a split meal method where I eat a massive chunk of my calories for breakfast. And then I usually just work all day and don't really eat much all day. Um, the most I'll have is a small lunch of like maybe a piece of fruit and a protein shake in the middle of the day. If I need a booster, if I don't need anything, I won't have anything. And then in the evening, I'll eat another massive meal again. So sometimes I eat a thousand calories for breakfast and it's a huge breakfast. I'll have like, wow. I'll have like five eggs on four slices of toast with butter as well, and maybe a protein shake on top as well, because I know I'm not going to be eating for the rest of the day. Uh, so I blast loads of calories and nutrition in the in the middle of the day, and then not fast, but don't eat much. Um, I just find this works well for me throughout most of the middle of the day. And then in the evening, I'll have another massive serving of protein and as many different types of vegetables as possible. 
most likely some carbs on there as well because I exercise quite a bit. So I'll try and get some carbs in there. And it's another massive 1,000 calorie meal of something humongous. And that works I, well for I, me. I do Monday to Thursday when I'm in the office, I tend to have three meals of approximately the same calorie value. Rough, roughly mm-hmm. so I'll eat I'll eat about 500 calories for breakfast lunch and dinner and I'll have a bit of a snack when I come in when I first come in from work before mm-hmm. I go to the gym um, that does make then sense for how you get into around 1800 then that makes sense yeah nice and then on a Friday Friday's different because I don't work on a Friday Friday I have a little bit more on a Friday for breakfast so I maybe have about 600 I don't eat so much during the day on a Friday because I'm usually busy just flitting about and doing stuff, trying to get my gym in, trying to get my steps in, trying to do a wee bit of reading, whatever, whatever I'm doing. Um, and then I'll have a slightly bigger, a slightly bigger dinner and then snacks for in front of the TV <laughs> so, on a Friday. But it's obviously working for you, isn't it? Because the weight's yep. coming down real nicely. Yeah, yes. it's working. Different methods, yes. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I do say about our programme. It's, it's one of the only programmes where I don't want you, as the leader, I don't want anybody to eat like me. I don't really talk about what I eat that much, necessarily. I don't tell no. people what I eat. I'm not, like, always posting about my meals and showing what Because that makes no difference to anybody else. I don't want no. any of you to eat flipping five eggs and a protein shake for breakfast. Don't do that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that only works for me. Some people eggs give them stomachache. It works really well for me, and I eat loads of bread. I like as well. eggs. Yeah, yeah, me too. Do. Yeah, and bread. I, I have, I am an IBS sufferer. Like, like many people, to be honest, probably more than two thirds of everybody. A lot of people are just in denial about it. Um, <laughs> but bread um, doesn't do anything to me. I can eat a full loaf of bread, and I will not be bloated at all. I'll feel great. <laughs> You look very smug about that, but I can eat more apples than you. I can (laughs) definitely, honestly, I can eat one apple, most likely. If I eat two apples, sometimes I've eaten two apples and I've had to take the day off work because I actually can't stand up because I'm I'm in crippling stomach pain. It feels like, you know, the apple skin, imagine swallowing razor blades. And then having oh, to wait, dear. and then having to wait twelve hours for these razor blades to like snake its way through your intestines. That's what it feels like to me. Like it's slicing my insides. Can you peel them and eat them? I've never really tried it. <laughs> I don't know. I've never really tried. I it. have an absolutely fabulous. I could. Um, I've got a really, really fabulous apple peeler and slicer. It's like a, it's like a helix, and you uh, you put it in and you, you turn the handle. Oh and, my um, god! No way. It spiralizes the um, the the apple, and you can put it so that it, it peels it as well. It's pretty awesome. I, actually I think I'd look really cute it. eating spiralized apple, wouldn't I? Oh, you would. You oh, would. I, I would, wouldn't I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spiralized apple. Oh my lord. It's oh, really nice, lord. and it's uh, really fun sure it to is. peel them. <laughs> it, it is the it is the apple skin though that causes problems that's the fiber and it's very aggressive fiber i don't know if you've ever been eating an apple and has the skin a bit of skin ever stabbed oh, you in yeah. The gum. yeah yes that's what it feels like it's has. doing to my insides all the way through stabbing and like slicing <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> um but really most people have ibs in some way if you if there's any foods that you eat and it upsets your stomach that's basically IBS. It's, yes. Yeah, basically you've just got some sort of non-agreeance with some sort of foods. And there's not really any, really many people, I can't say anybody, but there's not many people that can eat anything in the world and not have any problems at all. 
Here's the most, most people's stomachs don't like some certain different things. I probably can't eat as much bread. Uh, bread does actually trigger does me to, a little bit. It does but, to some people. It can be the gluten or it can be the fibre as well. But I think, uh, but my, my beloved sourdough toast, that doesn't have any problems at all. But I can eat lots of that. Yeah, sourdough, beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. Ancient fermented bread. A lot of people do say that, that's, that they find that easier on the digestion. Yeah. Not, not really sure why. Not really sure why. Because it's not necessarily less fibrous and it's not, I don't think these sourdoughiness, that's not a real thing, um, but the sourdoughiness of it doesn't do anything to the gluten. It's not like a lower gluten bread as far as I'm aware. Um, but isn't, isn't it like... Uh, unless it's because it doesn't use yeast. Does it not use yeast? Is that um, the sourdough starter doesn't have... I don't what? know. I don't know much mm, about you, it. Well, it doesn't use the same type of yeast, does it? The sourdough mm. starter uses the natural yeasts and then ferments them over a certain amount of time. Yeah, um, I think it's the fermented bit that's, that makes it better for you or less uh, aggressive. Yeah, and the, yeah, and the ferment, the, yeah, and I wonder what that's changing in. I wonder what that's changing in the bread. It's definitely changing the yeast, which is like, because that's what's fermenting. That's why I went to maybe it's a yeast thing. Um, mm. I do have another client who doesn't deal well with yeast as well, actually. It's also a real thing. Hmm. Mm. makes people bloated anyway so you've got what, what are we going to do about this list of different methods that we can do then are you going to shout them out and we're going to say positive or negative or give reviews oh, well then <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose it's uh, that would be unfair wouldn't it because uh, i can no, only talk about who. what suits i'll, I'll I chat can only about t- any diet try me let's go let's go well, <laughs> i uh, uh, so I, I obviously I, I eat flexibly and, and I, I eat everything and all food groups and I just moderate my um, portions so that I, I stay within my calorie goal. And that works best for me because I don't want to cut anything out. Um, I like mm-hmm. everything and uh, I want to eat all the foods so that works for me <laughs> um, but obviously other people do have dietary issues and therefore yep. you know cutting out um dairy cutting out gluten yep. these kinds of things then do work and mm. and actually then like you say i suppose some people might actually have some food intolerances rather than allergies and therefore if they try different ways of eating they it might they might find that they actually suit their body and actually they can they can do well on those kinds of diets so i was just thinking obviously that there's there's like keto diets there's vegan diets there's uh, whole 30 clean eating you know flexible dieting that i do low carb low fat um actually do you know in the fridge, not in the fridge, sorry, in the cupboard at work yesterday, I saw a tin of Slim Fast shake. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking, oh, I wonder, I wonder if somebody's doing a Slim Fast diet. I, I don't know who that would be. But, Slim um, Fast still a thing these days, yeah? It's still yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I actually, I think I remember trying that when I was like a teenager or something like that. But I, I absolutely didn't know anything about anything about nutrition or dieting at that time. So, um I don't think it really worked. Um, I don't even particularly think I needed to lose weight at that point either. But oh, um, okay, interesting. Um, but yeah, so there's there's all these there's all these different methods. Obviously, we've spoken a little bit now about intermittent fasting. What about um, like I can uh, 
keto diet, like an Atkins diet, high fat, high protein. Mm. Yeah, yeah all, the, all these different diets, they work for some people, don't they? Definitely. Mm-hmm. But you can't say they don't work. They all work in the same way, like you mentioned earlier. They all work by yeah. calorie reduction and they work so using the same principle but a different method to achieve it so they all work via calorie reduction or food control in some way overall food control but they all use a different method don't they like you said low carb low fat Um, and they all have different advantages and disadvantages keto diet like you said it's no carbs ever basically isn't it but does that mean vegetables as well really yeah yeah you can't really really you don't eat not many. Don't eat vegetables. Um, no, I think technically you've got to, it depends on your body weight, but you've got to have something like less than 30 grams of carbs per day, which means you can get away with some green vegetables, but even then, not that many. Um, that can't be healthy. Um, it's not the greatest, to be honest. The In general, the healthiest diets are the least restrictive diets. They're the ones that get can get you the most variety because that gets you the most wide-ranging nutrition coming into your body. That's generally the best thing. The two most important factors are calorie intake overall, so not eating too much. And then for a healthy diet, the second most important factor is variety. Um, So the more restrictive a diet is, technically the the unhealthier it is. And the keto diet is a very restrictive diet. If you want to do a proper keto diet, it's also a low protein diet. Because if you have a high protein intake, then the protein gets converted into carbs inside your body, then that throws the ketosis out anyway. Oh dear, not great. Yep, it's called gluconeogenesis. Gluco is glucose. Neo is new. Genesis is creation. So it's creation of new glucose. It's like it's a it's a, a sort of system that your body has going within it because your brain and your muscles require glucose. So if you don't eat any carbs, your brain would just stop working. Well, that's not very good, is it? That? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. So luckily, evolution's really smart, and it's got this backup method of turning other things that you can eat, like protein, into um into carbohydrates so that the brain and the muscles can continue to have this type of fuel but that means that yes you can't eat any flipping carbohydrates on a keto diet and you also can't eat any protein really you've got to have a medium to lowish protein intake as well <gasps> so what can you eat only fats really really no no that's, no. No, that's not going to be good that's not and what are the advantages of ketosis basically none do you lose fat faster no do you lose weight faster? Yes, but only through glycogen and like sugar and water loss. And it comes back the first time you eat carbs anyway. So it's not real weight loss. Well, it's real weight loss, but it's not real fat loss. So you don't get any slimmer. Some people feel less hungry on it. Okay. I mean, there's millions of different ways you can feel less is hungry. That, though, is that similar to what happens? You know, like, because uh, my brother's diabetic. And when he was first diagnosed, um, he type was one so or type thin. two diabetes? Type one. Type one, was, okay. Yeah, as a um, as a as a teenager. Ooh, okay. um, oh my goodness, he was so thin. Um, yeah, okay. And I think uh, that's your body's in ketosis at that that point, isn't it? Is that right? Because um, they can't because you can't deal with carbs. It depends. What what type one diabetes is? It means his um, body has stopped producing or is stopping producing, depending on the level of severity, its own insulin. So it means he's yeah. not absorbing sugars into his system, and that's probably why he was so slim because his body couldn't actually absorb carbohydrates or proteins and things like this properly. It's a it's mm-hmm. a severe health condition. It's oh can, yeah yeah you can die from it if you don't if you don't have like does he have insulin injections and stuff? Oh yeah 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 he's been yeah. diabetic for many years now. But. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so his body's not producing its own insulin, which is just something that can happen. Sometimes things mm-hmm. can go wrong and that can happen. Sometimes people are born like it. Sometimes it develops over time. It's, there's loads of different reasons it can happen. Things just go wrong sometimes, don't they? Um, and mm. insul- insulin is a little, it's a little key that opens up cells and allows nutrition to go inside. So it allows mm. carbs and proteins to go into cells like muscle cells and other cells and stuff like this. So his body had run out of keys, basically. So when he was eating things, it wasn't getting absorbed. Um, and then the blood sugar starts staying too high and then all kinds of crazy things can happen. It can be really bad. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, what about then, because uh, not everybody wants to count calories, right? So there are, there are diets that are set up that because you always have to remove the calories from your diet whether you count them or not is not yes uh, it's not the point but yes. you need to remove them yes. uh, but you don't have to count because not everybody wants to do that true um so obviously if you eat a more whole foods diet and you you cut out all the kind of super processed highly palatable delicious uh, rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> you cut all that out your 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 calories are going to plummet anyway. It, it I mean, we've, you've said before that uh, obviously you can eat too many calories of healthy foods, especially yeah. if you're eating like loads of nuts and seeds and avocados and and, and those kinds of th- and like oily fish and stuff like that. You can definitely eat too many things, but um, if you do just focus on like the kind of leafy veg and you know lean proteins and all that, you're you're bound to be eating probably in a calorie deficit but without actually having to count it yourself so that that obviously must be uh um that's obviously a a, 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 what's the word a method that you can uh, that you can implement um and one time you you mentioned that uh, that like slimming world i've never joined slimming world before but um slimming world is a calorie is is a is a um a food quality diet rather than a food quantity diet You're exactly right and so what what exactly does that look like then oh wow what an amazing topic yeah so in from from my side of it the different dietary methods could could be categorized in two ways you can have tracking methods and non-tracking methods basically tracking methods is like tracking either calories or some people track protein intake don't they and you can or you can just do a food diary and track your food overall without necessarily looking at the calories you can just look at the actual foods and stuff or you could track the weights of things there's lots of things you can do but there's ways of actually calculating and looking at and physically being able to see what's going on in the diet and then there's other methods that don't do that this could be like healthy eating low fat Keto, like you said, vegan, slimming world, Weight Watchers is a tracking one. They track points. That's another example of a tracking um, sort of dietary control method. They're all trying to control calories, aren't they? The the low fat diet's taking out fat, the car- but, but that's because fat's got calories. The low carb diet's taking out carbs, but that's because carbs have got calories, etc. Um, Weight Watchers do points, but the points are just s- smaller numbers as compared to calories. It's roughly like 20 calories to one point. Or something close to this in Weight Watchers, they just slim the numbers down to make it sort of. Although I did do I did do Weight Watchers at one time, and I and I liked it mm-hmm. when I did it, um, and I did lose weight, um, and I think at that time, so this maybe this was um, I don't know ten years ago or something. I tried that, um, and that um, I think they actually do try to put a little bit of weight on the quality, so. 
um, yes. 50, 50 calories of, of an apple has got um, less points than 50 calories of a chocolate bar. So ah, I think I think there I is see. also I think there is also a, a bit of a nudge towards to, healthy stuff. You can have towards a bit more. healthier. Mm, I like foods, that. I think I'm not against that. Mm. Mm, the I'm thing I that. loved about that diet was that I could exercise and get extra points. Ah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and every every diet I've done since says you can't eat back your exercise yeah, <laughs> which is so um, disappointing <laughs> yeah um it comes up on lecture three on the six steps to slim about different options for exercise and what impacts this can have um and by burning more calories through exercise you learn that it can either make the fat loss easier faster or more sustainable or sometimes all three of them so i don't mind if people eat back the calories i tell them that they can but I overall don't usually recommend it. Not unless somebody does a lot of exercise. If somebody's yeah. bur- if somebody's burning more than something like one and a half thousand calories per week, I might start saying that they should maybe maybe take that into account. You know, because if somebody's doing a lot of exercise, if you're doing more than three or four hours a week and it's really starting to build up, or we have people using the Six Steps to Slim program who run marathons and do really a lot of training, people who do lots of gymming every single day, some people, you know, they might need to eat a little bit more unless they've got aggressive fat loss goals and don't mind. So mm-hmm. sometimes it's applicable to take it into account, but most times I would say for most people, most people are not doing enough exercise or burning enough calories for it really to matter that much. And it's so easy to overeat the calories versus how easy it is to burn them. that It's just not even worth trying to get into this game, really. I'm really enjoying um, putting more walking into my my kind of weekly mix um i'm trying to do i've i've got a little tracker in my book um and i color it in green if i get over 10k steps and i know that's just an arbitrary number that's just what i've chosen and then i've got a color scheme going through um you know ranges below that and i want it all to be green for this 28 days so (laughs) i'm trying i'm trying my best to make sure that i really focus and go out and get that and i'm quite enjoying that that's about a 4k walk every day mm. on top of what I normally do will get me my 10k steps. In fact, sometimes I'm more like 11 or 12, but 10 is what I'm saying is my goal. So Very, very nice. Very nice. Mm. Um, and that is, a, that is a good goal. It's the second best fat loss tool that exists to walk more and to try and increase daily activity levels. To conclude about the tracking versus non-tracking methods, though, um, I encourage people to do both. Most people start the Six Steps to Slim program with tracking methods. Most people start with a food diary. That's because if we're trying to adjust the diet, really first we need to assess the diet. It's hard to change something if you don't even know what it looks like and we can't even see it, you know. So most people start with a food diary and we start looking at people's calories because that's the thing that makes the difference. But after we've made the food adjustments and after people have got the weight under control or it's coming down at a rate that they they are happy with, or sometimes even when people have finished their goal, if they want to continue with the tracking until they actually achieve their goal, eventually on the Six Steps of Slim program, I do start moving and blending every single person over to non-tracking methods. Nobody ever tracks their food forever. You're literally not... I don't have many rules on the Six Steps of Slim program, literally. There aren't many like concrete rules, but one of them is you're not allowed to track calories forever. And... So far, nobody's even tried. People get bored of it. We we do it in a we do we do calorie counting 
for the mindful eating benefits, don't we? That's why the start of the program is not called food diary or calorie counting. It's called mindful eating because we use it from that perspective. People's food diary and food control gets gets good enough to the point where they don't even need it. They know what it's going to say in the app and they know what calories roughly things are just because they've just, they've counted them before. You just learn, don't you? You start to learn what's in stuff. Then it just, it just, you realize after a while, it's just boring and you're, you already know what the app's going to say before it even says it, before you've even entered it. You know roughly what it's going to say. And then you just start to realize you don't need it. <laughs> and look, luckily the app's got errors and it has adverts and it annoys people. So they get sick of it anyway. And they think, oh, I don't even want this. And I think, good, you definitely don't. <laughs> I don't think I'm anywhere close to that yet, but yes, I'm, I, I look well, forward to that happening one day. <laughs> yeah, I tracked calories for like three years, probably. That's why I know the calories of all the things, basically, everything that I eat anyway. Yes. Um, somebody asked me, how many calories is it for Marmite on a celery stick? I actually said, I have no idea. I've never eaten that in my life and I'm not going near it. <laughs> no, it seems absolutely awful. I have no idea. <laughs> what the hell? I don't even, I've never, no, not Marmite. I'm sorry, no. Um, no, yuck. Love it or hate it. Hate what, it hate. what about, um, what, what I think you called them VLCs, very low calorie diets. Do you oh, think they yeah. have a place? Yes, ever? they definitely do. Yeah, they definitely do. You can't, no one can deny that they, that they do that they have a place because they've been proven in studies to work they it that's why the nhs recommends it because it's proven to work the nhs even recommends 800 calories or i think technically vlcds like either 800 or less or 500 calories or somewhere around here it's very very low calories um some people need it you know some people they if they don't stop eating they'll die and they they just need to stop some people you know like some people might be requiring some kind of operation like in a surgery okay. but but their body weight's way too high or their blood sugar's way too high that it's just too risky to start doing surgeries on them and stuff and they just need but but they need this surgery now they need it now but also we can't do it now because if we do it now it's too dangerous they need to stop eating some people need to just get the weight down um some people even with not that that's the most extreme weight loss situation you, you could you could say about diabetes being another extreme weight loss situation, type two diabetes though, that's what the NHS recommend it for. Some people have got really hardcore type two diabetes. And again, they, they need to stop. They need to like literally really, really cut it down. And it is the less calories you put in, the faster the blood sugar will come down and the quicker it will go into remission, literally. So sometimes slashing the calories down hardcore can save people quite quickly, essentially. Mm -hmm. Sometimes even with people with non-extreme weight loss goals, um, it can be motivating for them. Some pe some people are very all or nothing people as well. And one of the one of the battles of life is to try and create balance and be a balanced person. But humans are naturally all or nothing creatures. And some people really struggle with balance, especially in areas of pleasure and entertainment and things like this, like food, for example. So for some people, an all or nothing approach can work at least for a little bit. Um, we've all known people and I've, I've definitely known people who've lost 10 stone, you know, on stuff like the Cambridge diet and stuff like this, 500 calories a day. What is the Cambridge diet? I've heard of this many times, but I don't know what it is. I think now it's called the one-to-one -one diet and it's basically 500 calories a day supplements only. You get like two oh protein God. shakes and two, two protein bars and then you just, that's, that's you, just good luck. Yeah. And then you go to a meeting like once every month or few and somebody who's like stereotypically a militaristic style, hardcore coach says, you better not fucking eat. <laughs> that, that eating thing that you like cancelled, cancelled, oh, not God. food. No, cancelled. You've done too much eating. Food's cancelled. 
They, it's like it's they just put you on 500 calories a day basically and it just sucks you people end up in hospital i've known people end up in hospital literally through flipping starvation and malnutrition and they just stand up at work and pass out because they've just got such low blood sugar and low blood pressure so i've known people i've known people's hair fall out literally I've known, oh, dear. it's just malnutrition isn't it it's just it's malnutrition so is it good for everybody no you you ask the question though does it have a place ever yeah it kind of does yeah it kind of does um the issue is not really with the massive calorie reduction in a short term in some instances it can be good the issue really with is keeping it going after yes exactly the, yeah you need a really 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 good blend out plan you need a plan to get out of this it needs to be a good plan and you need to be in in the getting out of it plan mindset you can't just go on sorry go on well i was going to say this sounds to me like the other thing i was going to ask you about was like, why do we think, why do we think coaches help? And actually this seems to mm. me like you would really need a lot of support to, to have done something really extreme, try and come out of it into something less extreme, but still yes. going to progress goals. Yes. Uh, oh, you would really need help for that. That's really hard. hard. It is hard. It is hard. Um, so for some people it can work for some people it can work. It is, it is a low success rate though. Like we, we all, well, if you're a Slum Society follower, you know the true statistic that 90% of anybody who loses any weight gains back more than they lost within two years. That's the that's because most people do these non-sustainable diet types. And it's kind of okay in a way that the diet's not sustainable. It, as long as it's sustainable enough to get you to the goal, that's not the best, but it can be good enough. Because some people say, oh... I can't, I couldn't calorie count forever or I can't diet forever. or I couldn't do this forever. And yet you, I say, okay, you're right. Cause you actually don't have to, you don't have to create a calorie deficit forever. You don't have to calorie count or diet forever. You only have to actually do it to get to the weight you want to be. Then you have to maintain weight and that's a different thing, but you do need a good plan to be able to either blend you out or switch you from this very low calorie diet, this VLCD or really from any calorie deficit. Um, obviously the, the lower the calories that you're on throughout the dieting process, the, the bigger the change will be to get back to a more balanced intake. Like if you're on 1800, a 500 deficit, you you only have to increase your calorie intake by a couple of hundred. And then that'll, so you're not far off what your balanced intake is going to be anyway. And the weight's mm -hmm. coming down. So you can see how that's a bit easier and more likely to keep the weight off at the end. The downside, yeah. the downside is it takes a bit longer for you to achieve the weight loss goal and life might get in the way or you might lose motivation and quit. Yeah, you know, I won't that, do that. No, I'm not saying you, but that just happens with people, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Science literally shows two, literally, not contradictory, but maybe, maybe dichotomous is not the right word, but op opposite truths about fat loss. One is that the faster people lose weight, this is literally in science, on average, the more weight they'll lose. Yeah, people people who can diet for a certain amount of time, they've got a certain amount of willpower. The lower calories goes, if you put people on lower calories, on average, everybody will lose more weight, okay? But then the slower somebody loses weight, the more likely they are to keep it off due to habit change. Yes. So faster gets you more off, and, is, and they also show it's more motivating. People have more motivation to continue the faster the weight comes off. So that's another reason why it compounds into people being able to lose a lot of weight really fast on these VLCDs. They're running on motivation, willpower, adrenaline, and I will make a change attitude. And every day or yes. two, they get up another pound's off. Every day or two, another pound off. Every day, and they're thinking, oh, yeah. they're thinking, God, this is awful, but it's fucking it's working. It's amazing. And it's working <laughs> yes. now. Yeah, they're dying, but it's working well. <laughs> 
you know? (laughs) So so people literally get through it on adrenaline and just willpower. And you do lose more weight that way, which if you've got a big weight loss goal, that's part of the process. We need to get it all off, don't we? Mm -hmm. But if you go slower, that's better for habit change and keeping it off. But there's, there's, there's a chance that you won't lose as much because if you quit at any point, you won't have got as far. If, if, if two people diet for 10 weeks and one person has very low calories, one person has medium calories, and they both quit after 10 weeks, the person who has very low calories is in a much better position. You know, yes. If, if both people are going to sack it off in a bit in three to six months, the person who diets mm-hmm. harder is in a better position when they both sack it off and then more likely to be able to be in a better health position going into the future unless the weight comes back. You know, it, so it's, so there's no right answer. So the question is, which one's better? The answer is neither. The answer is it's flipping confusing and it barely makes any sense. Um, what we do, what I do anyway on the Six Steps to Slim program is I recommend both. I recommend some periods of going fast and some periods of exactly like you are now going slow. Blend yeah. in both together. If you've got motivation and you're not feeling very hungry and you've got gusto and I will make a change willpower, then go forward. And some some members in the group, you see them checking in, don't you? 1,000 calorie deficit per day, only from food as well. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're doing steps on top and exercise on top. Some people are burning it like firewood and I don't necessarily stop them. I do warn them, just go steady. As long as you listen to your body, as long as you feel good, continue. Really go. You, I don't want to hold. It's a delicate balance for me as well as a coach because I don't want to hold people back from trying their best, but I also don't want them to go too fast because they'll burn out and they don't yeah. even sometimes know that. And it's a very difficult balance where I'm trying to get them to go steady, but also go as quick as they can in like a weird way. <laughs> um, I think it's the, it's, the, it's the whole thing about like long-term habit change, isn't it? Because you, you can inverted commas diet forever you can't but what you can do is change the way you eat forever so yes i was listening to your lecture this week about the um you know the the three-step meal plan oh thank you very and much. Yes. uh yeah so and and therefore if you make that so three-step meal plan we're thinking about not oh, what do we fancy tonight it's more like right okay what what lean protein do I want to eat tonight out of what I've got? So build your build your meal around that. So I've got got my my protein, you know, fill my plate with 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 the vegetables and then some sort of um, maybe sauce or herbs, you know, um, carbs, whatever, just to to make it a little bit tasty as well. So if that then becomes your habit for life, then you're building yourself. You're going to have better quality meals going forward forever. So that's that's a good thing, and and then like me, I'm I'm building in this um, this daily walk, and it, it definitely ten thousand steps for me was definitely a push. Um, I would say probably about six and a half, seven thousand was probably where I was sitting normally. So this is an extra kind of three, four thousand steps a day. I'm I'm um, I'm getting so, and going for that walk. I, I go I go for the walk at lunchtime at my work every day. Um, it's not such a big deal at the weekend because I've got the whole day and I, I just I'm I'm making that part of my my routine as well. But but actually adding it into my lunchtime at work that's that's been a big change. Um, I didn't really do that. I only get a short time for lunch and I might have wanted to read the news or read a book or you know something else. But I'm I'm choosing to go out rain, hail or shine and uh, and get my steps in. And um, that's that I'm hoping will be a habit for life. And, and having done that now for, I don't know, what's that, maybe 
say six weeks, eight weeks. Um, I've been trying to do that. Um, it does feel like it's a habit now. I'm not. I'm not thinking. Oh, oh, this is a new thing. I'm going out today. I'm pushing myself out. It's just it's something I do now. So making making these long term <laughs> habit changes. This is this is the key, isn't it? Yeah, that's why the Six Steps to Slim is a habit change program, essentially. And if you don't make the habit changes, if you don't, well, if we look at it from a different perspective, the the diet and lifestyle of people is what makes them overweight, whether it's on purpose or not on purpose, whether it's their fault or not, whether it's mindful or it's unmindful, whether it's conscious or unconscious, it's the movement and exercise habits or lack thereof, the daily activity levels, etc., of people and the foods that they eat in quality and quantity, all of it together. It's all this together makes people the weight that they are. Then what generally happens with people, why the weight comes back is because they think, right, I'm going to go onto a diet. They choose some kind of dietary method. They, they start following this dietary method. Of course, it works. It's some form of calorie reduction, many of which can be chosen from, like we spoke about earlier. They try and stick to this for as long as possible. And then either life gets in the way or they get too hungry, diet fatigue, it could be cravings, they could get sick of it, they could get bored of it. Maybe they even actually do achieve their goal. Maybe they stick to it all the way to the end and then you've still got to stop. So this dietary method is going to stop at some point. It either stops before they get there or it stops when they get there, but it's going to stop. And then if they don't have maintenance habits, which most people don't have or understand or haven't built or haven't been coached through and aren't supported through, and most programs are not good, like the Cambridge and stuff, you know, with this supplement diet, they do have a blending out process. It just, it's success rate's just not that high because it's just too big of a gap. It just, people usually just gain the weight back, you know. Um, so it's fine to bring the weight down using a hardcore method, but really it's the normal dietary and lifestyle choices of the person that made them overweight. So that's what needs to change. It needs to be the normal, it just, at least in some ways, it might even only be the calorie intake. You don't have to start exercising. You don't have to start walking like you are or cycling or eating a good protein intake or being a vegan or doing keto. You don't have to technically do any of these things for weight management. The only habit we have to actually do is be mindful of the calorie intake and try and balance it overall. That's why that's six steps to slim number one. That's the first step to slim. The only mandatory step in the six steps to slim is you must some way, somehow, tracking or non-tracking, vegan or keto or both or neither, omnivorous or fussy eater, you can be whatever you want. You have to control your calories in some way. We have to chop some out of the diet. However many we chop out, that's what's going to be, that's proportionately how much the weight's going to come down. We have to try and keep that up on average, some kind of calorie reduction until we achieve the weight loss goal, then switch those calories back to maintenance. That's the most basic form of it. But and, that, and even mindfulness on calorie intake, that has to be a long-term lifelong habit as well. Like I always say to people, people sometimes assume or they think that because I'm already slim when they met me, that it's easy for me to always be slim or stay slim. And I say, no, 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 no. If you've been seeing me making videos online for roughly the last five years and I always look the same weight, that's because I'm managing my calorie intake appropriately all the time. Oh, now what? ninja level stuff. Now what? I know it's ninja level nutrition. I'm a goddamn professional, don't you know? I know exactly. Exactly. People are like, oh, it's easy for you. You're already slim. What do you mean? No. No, if I start overeating, then I wouldn't be slim. The fact that I am slim shows you that I manage my calorie intake correctly all the time, some way, somehow. I'm mindful of my food and I do my exercises like a good little boy, even though I'm, I'm already at the weight I want to be. You have to keep doing things to stay at the weight you want to be, don't you? So you need to pick changes that are not only good for now, they need to be good forever. 
Don't they yes. need to be good forever? And the six steps of slim is outlined because there's the six core areas that you can make these long-term habit changes in. The first one is mindfulness or calorie control and food in general. The second one's movement and exercise in general, daily activity levels, some sort of movement habits like for you, cycling, gym, walking, you do all of them. Some people do a few, some people do none. Again, you don't have to, but it's the second best habit whether you like it or not. Healthy eating is the third step, isn't it? Snacking and stress management is the fourth step. Protein intake increases the fifth and liquid and hydration management is the sixth. They're the core areas that long-term habit changes can and should be made in. I didn't decide. I did call it the six steps to slim because I like alliteration and things that sound cute. I, and I, I did pay somebody to make the wheel. I'm not even a graphics designer. I didn't make the actual graphic. Um, but I didn't decide those six habit changes. Those are real. Those are, if you look at people who've got higher BMIs and lower BMIs in the Western world, the people who've got the lower BMIs on average, they do different things than the people who've got higher BMIs. What do they do then? Mm, good question. They manage their calorie intake overall. They walk more or exercise more than the other group of people who've got higher BMIs. They eat healthier. They've got snacking and uh, stress management control. They've got higher protein intakes on average and liquid and hydration management on average. And not all of those six things. Some people only do one or two of them but they're the six top categories of, of differences between lower BMI and high BMI people. So that's how I designed the program to, yes, at the beginning, start people off with calorie control. That's why we start off because you've got to do that. That's why we start off with tracking methods as well, because it ensures we get the result. There's advantages and disadvantages to tracking and non-tracking. Tracking's a little bit more tedious, takes a little bit more time, sometimes takes a little bit more effort. Um, but you but, can eat more stuff. But there's more variety, yes, that you can have a way more variety in the diet. There's way less restriction. There's way more control. There's way more mindfulness. There's way more education. There's actual eyes on the problem. It's way easier to do assessment and adjustment. We can, we've got an actual log of your food and your weight and what it's been doing to you through the entire time. So we can assess other parts of the diet as well. There's one million advantages that it's, it's worth using an app on your phone to get all those fantastic advantages, especially if you're at the beginning of the program and I want people to get a good result. They want to get a good result. I guarantee that if people follow our program, they will lose weight. I guarantee. It doesn't matter who you are, what your metabolism is like, what diet you do or don't like, what food you do or don't like. You can come to me with every problem in the world. Your weight will go down if you follow the program. And I can only guarantee that because we use a tracking method, because we get the actual correct variable, track it and reduce it by the correct amount. If that is followed, it will work every time. Non-tracking methods have advantages too, bit easier, bit looser, bit less stress sometimes, but it also has disadvantages, less accurate, not guaranteed. Like Slimming World can't guarantee that people lose weight it's because it's, they're not controlling the correct variable. They can't guarantee that you'll lose weight. I can. So that's, that's, that's an advantage that I need and want for my members. They come to me for one thing only, to get the weight down. You can't guarantee it. It's like going to a shop and like you want... You want, you want to buy some food and it's the guy said it might be in the box. It might not. Spite and find out. <laughs> that's crazy. It needs to, it needs to be real, doesn't it? So that's why we have to start off with the tracking methods, but calorie counting and tracking and food diary, etc. It's, it's a tool, but it's a tool that only gets you so far. It's like a boat of some kind and it gets you across the first leg in the journey you, you row the boat across to flipping non-tracking island and then when you get there you don't get a boat and carry it across you carry on walking with you just leave it behind it gets you to a certain level a certain position in the journey and then you carry on moving without it you don't have to just you don't have to carry that tool just because you've always just because you've used it to get this far it's or it's like stabilizers on a bicycle 
It's like, it's, a, it's the thing that helps you not fall over and keep control and have a bit more confidence when you're just starting out on the journey. But the real adventure begins when the stabilizers come off. You can't Oof. go on it. You can't go on an adventure on an adventure with the stabilizers on, can you? Oh, it's like no. bowling with the flipping girders up. What's that called? The bumpers. <laughs> the bumpers, yeah. Yeah, the bumpers well, up. It's, it's cute see. and you have a nice time, but you're not playing properly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the difference though is you because I think you're just amazing. Because um, <laughs> I don't know how that's related to calories. <laughs> Thank well, you. I don't I, know how well, that's related. <laughs> It is because um, I said to you this week, you know, so why does why does coaching work? Because you have to make all these choices yourself. You're 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 in Sheffield. I'm in I'm in um, Falkirk. I have to do this by myself when I'm mm. sitting in work and somebody has brought in the donuts. Yes. And I'm deciding. Oh, I'm no. deciding. Do I want to have the, Do I want to have that donut today? Not those and shitty Tesco donuts, like you said. <laughs> you didn't say no, that's I said that. You didn't say they're shitty. I said that. But you. No, I did. I, said, I, said I, don't, know, I don't know if that donuts. was your exact words. They were my words. I'm sorry. But, you know, I, I have to do these things. We all have to make these choices on our own. And nobody necessarily sees you making these choices. Um, nobody will actually call you out and say, you know, no, you did have that donut and I saw you. And um, mm. you didn't put that in my fitness pal because these things are only tools and they only work if you use them, mm. um, if you use them as accurately as you can. Um but I think the difference, I think the difference is having like a super good coach like you are because you're just fab. Oh. And, um, <laughs> it's, I think it's just, it just, I, oh, I don't know. I just, I'm just so happy to be in this group. <laughs> just oh, like, thank you. I'm so I happy just think it's awesome. Well. Um, thank you. It's everybody just needs a bit of support. That's all. People need a bit of accountability. You need a bit of external, you need internal motivation. You need to want to do it for yourself and you need your reasons, but you also need some external motivation. Nobody achieves anything in life without teachers, tutors, or mentors, or teammates, or support, or at least peers. You know, at yes. least you, you need it. You need to be around other people who are trying to do what you're doing. Everybody learns everything they've learned ever from anybody. Even the words that we're using to speak to each other, we learned these from other people, didn't we? I had to learn yeah. how to use Zoom off somebody else. When you learn to drive, what do you do? You get a driving instructor. What do you do when you're at school? You've got a teacher. What do you do when you get a job? You have a flipping induction. Somebody sits with you and tells you what to do. Or there's instructions that you follow on a screen. Or so you always, it's how we learn, isn't it? It's yeah. how we learn. Um, and some people misunderstand a little bit about what I do as a coach. Some people think, oh, well, they think, oh, I already know what to do. It's just that I can't do it. I know that's the point. I'm not necessarily yeah. going to even teach you what to do. I'm going to teach you how to actually do it. I'm going to teach yes. you not. I know you, I know that you know you need to eat less and move more. I know you know what a calorie is. Okay. Everybody does. Well, most people do. Um, most people who join our program have tried calorie counting before. Literally, it's not, it's not new to them. I'm happy when they have. If somebody says to me, oh, I've used my fitness pal before, I say, oh, good, because you're going to find it much easier then. Because I'm like, <laughs> you know, there's going to be less issues because it's not going to be unknown to you. You're going to actually understand how to use it. We can, we can move forward much faster than this is a good thing. I'm not teaching people this is a calorie. You must eat less. Calorie deficit. I know you already know. It's how we're we actually going to do that. Why, why do you know that, but you can't do it? That's my job. Why can't you do it? And how are we going to actually get it done? How are we going to manage to fit this into your lifestyle? I said to a, I said to a lady, I had two consultations yesterday. I said to a lady on the phone, she, she's got a really busy life and she's not exaggerating. Two jobs, two kids, looking after everyone and everything. She's got all this stuff on. 
I was talking to her. She was talking to me about convenience food. She was saying, oh, I just, I'd love to eat a proper breakfast, but I just can't. I have to make the kids breakfast. I have to do like chores in the morning. Then I'm dropping kids off. Then I'm arriving at work. And I just, I have to grab something that I can just, when I'm making the kids breakfast or do tidying up or doing the chores in the morning or getting, one kid's getting ready. One kid's dropped the food on the floor. I have to just eat something with one arm while I'm doing things with my nine other arms. This is what she's explaining. And I said to her, literally, my job is not to change your life. And I know that sounds weird at first because people are like, oh, I need to change my life. No, you don't need to change your life. You just need to change your calorie intake. I'm not trying to change this lady's life. I can't tell her to suddenly, oh, you need to get more time in the morning. Some poor coaches would say, oh, get up, get up an hour earlier then so you've got more time. Maybe she's tired though. Maybe she can't get up an hour early. I don't think she's getting up as early as she can already. What are we talking about? Am I supposed to tell this lady to not look after her children in the morning or to get to work late so that she can make a proper breakfast? No, this makes sense, does it? She can't change her life and I'm not trying to interject or change her life. I'm only trying to help her change one thing, a calorie intake. So if she's busy in the morning and has to grab something, we just need to change the calories of the thing that she grabs. That's it. I'm not trying to get her to stop grabbing things. You can carry on with convenience food, carry on with something that you can just take out of a packet and eat it with one hand. It's just the thing that you're grabbing now is maybe, let's say it's 600 calories. We need to find a grabbable that's 300 calories. That's it. And make a switch. Some people say to me, oh, I get really... Um, I, I really, just think that's amazing. It's just finding ways to adjust people's calorie intake so that it works for them. You know, like I'm, we're trying to change one thing about their life. Most people like most things about their life. They like the, they like the foods that they eat. That's why they eat them. They, they like most, most things are okay. They only, they only come to me because they want their weight to be less. That's it. They don't even want to change the foods that they eat. We just, and I don't want to, I don't want them to. I don't want, all we need to change is just the calories, isn't it? We need to, I want to try and change as few things as possible in people's life to try and get them to where they want to be. Cause they're not trying to change everything about their life, are they? They're just trying, they just want to lose some weight. Just, and a lot of people think, oh, I have to change my life. Not really, not really. We just have to look for ways of easily swapping that calorie intake, don't we? And yet, although you're trying, you're not trying to change people's lives in actual fact, you make a massive big difference in people's lives and you've changed like there's loads of members that um, feel their lives have just been completely transformed by uh, working with you. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing stuff. So yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that because it's not, it's not life changing stuff, but it is life changing stuff in a weird way. Like a lot of people, a lady contacted me yesterday. We've got the consultation next week. Um, she said, Oh, I'm really nervous. So I sent her, I sent her a message saying, oh yeah, it's okay to be nervous. It's just because, you know, we started talking about it. Most people feel nervous about it because number one, it's unknown. It's a new thing. You feel, every, most people feel nervous about things that are new or unknown anyway as a standard. You don't know what's going to happen. So of course you feel a little bit uneasy about it. But secondly, most people have got bad past dieting experiences. They've either lost weight and gained it back or they've been really stressed or they've started it and failed or started it and not managed it or found it really awful. They were under crazy restriction or hunger, or it was just painful and it's all just negative. So they, they, it's, it's new. And every time they've done it in the past, it's been negative. Of course they don't feel good about it. Of course they don't feel good about it. So it's, um, it's normal. It's normal for people to feel these ways, but it's all for positive reasons. You've got to try and not really think about it as, oh, dieting, oh, something new. It, that does seem scary. If you think, oh, I've got to diet, that does seem scary. I agree. It seems negative. It's got 90% chance of failure. I even told you. So rather than dieting, why don't we just start eating a bit healthier? 
That's not scary. A few swaps. Is it? Yeah, a few, a few swaps here few, and there. Yeah, a few swaps. That's not, you know, not, not a meal plan. No meal plans. No flipping, swapping everything. We're not cutting out food groups or carbs or fats or now you're only allowed soup and for cabbage soup diet or you're only allowed 500 calories a day. So, I mean, you could. You could. Or we could just start eating a bit healthier. You know? Seems a lot less scary, doesn't it? It's a lot less overwhelming. Um, yes. It, it's not It's not life-changing, but it starts off a process that is life-changing. And it starts to Definitely. just slow, it slowly just starts to move you. Rather than getting overwhelmed at the thought of this giant change, it just starts you off on a small change, just stepping forward. Something that's it's small, achievable. It's, it's not life-changing, but it starts off this process, which ends up taking you somewhere that is. That's the wild thing about it. Yeah, and the, and I think the fact that you then have a coach that um, you've you've seen this lots of times before. Um, different people, different issues. You you have that knowledge to know that and confidence to know that no, it's okay. Just just keep steady. Just keep doing what we're talking about. Don't think too far ahead about this, that or the next thing, about how it's going to get too hard for you and you won't be able to do it. But we'll deal with that later. Just now, if it feels good, just, you know, eat well, eat in your deficit today. And um, I, I just think that that just gives such a lot of of confidence and you, you kind of feel like, right, okay, right, I, I can do this. I'll just keep going. Um, you know, I don't... I, don't need to worry about it too much today. It's just, just keep doing what I'm doing. It'll be all right. And I, I think that's amazing. And, and having a group there and seeing it and other people's having successes, having struggles, it's really, it's really nice. I, I missed, obviously, we had, the, we had the big issue with Facebook this week and we didn't yes. get our uh, weekly Zoom uh, thing. And oh my God, I was so disappointed because oh, I was really so looking sorry. forward. <laughs> well, not, nothing you could have done about it. It's just, uh, it's just the, the whole thing uh, crashed down. But I was just thinking, I was really looking forward to seeing the ladies and, and hearing what other people had to say. And, you know, it, it really does make a difference being in a being in a group, being in a club, you know. <laughs> so It does. It does. You need to be around people who are trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve, other positive people who are thinking the same and, you know, I don't know what you think, but I find it hard to find positive people in real life. Um, I, I think definitely uh, this is something that's really quite important to me at the moment. And um, and I also am very, very interested in like the, the nutritional science and like um, about the kind of psychology of behaviour change and things like that. And actually, I don't have an awful lot of people that are interested in talking about that to me Um same as me. That's why I made a Facebook page because people are getting sick of me in real life. They just, <laughs> honestly, losing friends, people just not picking up the phone. My dad oh, barely answers the phone Sorry. to me. So, honestly, my dad barely answers the phone to me because I won't stop telling him to eat better. If he's listening oh, to this podcast God. now, you better eat healthy. Better eat it's healthy, good for father. you. Yeah, it's good for you. He, he called me and said that he listened to my podcast with Lucille and found it extremely motivating. And he said he almost, at the end of it, felt like he should eat better, but now it's worn off. Oh dear. Like, okay, well, you win some, you lose some, don't you? You can only do so much. That's it. Yeah, you can take the horse to water. How does it go? I can show you the so, path, but thou must walk. But that's that's the good thing then about having a community that's then interested in these things that, that are important to you because it needs to be important to you if you're going to be successful. 
because mm. it is it's easy or rather it's simple but it's tough to do it's, you know making those choices all the time and restricting yourself which I don't feel particularly restricted right I don't but there are some times when I would rather have eaten more um, yeah, it's some choose, level of restriction, isn't it? It always is because there's yeah. some level of control required. Yeah, on any I diet. Mean, I I eat those um, dairy milk little bars. They are 18 grams and 96 calories, right? Chocolate. I would be quite happy with a two gram bar. It's uh, it is a a degree of of restriction so it is hard and it is good if you feel that you've got other people who are doing that at the same time so yeah it, it enhances support and belief doesn't it and it allows you to realize that you're not the only person that finds it difficult because sometimes it can feel quite lonely to be struggling can't it but like you said when you see other people's struggles it doesn't alleviate your struggles but it does allow you to realize that you're normal which does stop you beating yourself up so then you've got rid of one form of negativity now you can start attacking the actual problem rather than just feeling overwhelmed by yourself and the issue it at least get at least normalizes the issue so that you can start moving forward if you can see other people also battling through the struggles and making it that allows you to see that that's actually a real thing and can be achieved literally i, I think that one of the the other the, the kind of last thing I wanted to uh, talk to you about were our kind of uh, minimum minimum actions that you can take. So sometimes sometimes it is it can feel really tough and overwhelming. And um, and I think the way this program set up helps you to have like kind of min like minimum goals, minimum things that you can you can do and still be a success and still feel yes. a success. So we can. You know, so ideally, yes, it'd be great to be in a 500 calorie deficit every day, but actually that isn't sustainable for me all the time. So I can still eat a maintenance and that's yeah. that's my kind of minimum, minimum I'm, I'm expecting of myself. And I'm trying to make 10,000 steps, my minimum just now, not go to the gym as such, you know, the gym, I can decide if I'm too tired, I'll put that off. Um, but Walking is definitely less taxing. So that's something I feel as a minimum I can achieve. And so I wondered what you might think about, you know, helping people get get those kind of minimum minimum goals set up. Because we talk about things that we're 90% sure we can achieve in the next week. That's, that's what our goals are. So they've got to be easy and achievable. Yeah, that's... Um... One of the ways that another way that we ensure success on the program is I legitimately want everybody to think about the goals that they write down. This is what we encourage and ask themselves, are you 90% sure or more that you can do those goals next week? It's only one week. So it will, we compartmentalize them down into a short time frame as well, a manageable and understandable and achievable time frame. And then think about the actual goals. And if it's not 90% that you can do it, we just we need to back it off a little bit and make it easier somehow so that we are 90% sure we can do it. One of the biggest reasons I do this is a lot of most people who come to me come to me as kind of a maybe not a last hope, but a different chance. Usually they've got low dietary self-esteem. Usually they've tried Slumming World or Weight Watchers or this or that and the other programs and 
by the time by the time they find out who I am, random bald guy on the internet, they've been round through the rounds and ringers. They've tried all this and that, and they've failed most of it. Or it's like it's been a bad time, or the weight's lost, and then it's come back, and that's why they're in this position still. So they've got skepticism over me and diets and everything else, and they should do. They're not wrong to. But one of my jobs is to get people out of this negativity towards healthy eating, because a lot of people come to see me, kind of like you did in a way, to be fair, not not knowing or not believing necessarily that you can actually achieve what we're about to do. You're just maybe taking a chance, or you might be trusting me, but they might just be taking a chance on all of it, a chance on me, a chance on themselves. Some people have even literally joined my program just so they can say to themselves and their friends that they've tried everything. Because they thought, fine, I've failed everything else. I'll just fail this as well. And when people tell me I should go try it, I can tell them to go screw because I already have. Because I'll just fail this. And then, you know, this is literally sometimes pe people have such low, not, not belief in themselves in general, just, just belief in dietary success and in healthy eating changes and low belief in their own weight management success and ability to make weight change. And my job is to get them out of this, isn't it? And build confidence and build success. And that's one of the things that I've been so happy to see with you. And one of the basic ways we do this is just by setting small achievable goals. And it sounds so simple, doesn't it? And it kind of is. But if you're 90% sure that you will achieve the goal, every single goal that you set, if we make them appropriately easy, then you'll achieve 90% of all your goals. And then you can lie to yourself if you want that you're not going to be able to do it, but you could, you'll be telling yourself that you can't do it while you're actually doing it. That's better than telling yourself you can't do it while not doing it, isn't it? You're actually moving forward and eventually you'll move so far that you won't be able to deny yourself. You'll be actually like you're, you're getting down to nearly the next weight category. You're moving through these these sort of set sort of chunk target goals. You've got, OK, I'll get to this target. Then there'll be another chunk. Then we'll get to this target. And you're clicking through these. And the further it goes, it's just going to become undeniable. Once it gets to the last one, you won't be doubting it anymore. You'll be excited and you'll be raring to go. You'll be thinking you'll be, you'll be able to see the finish line in sight and that you, you'll, you'll have done the damn thing. You'll have made it all the way to the end and it just starts from just basic like that, just starting with small steady steps and building up. Another way that we do this is, like you said about the calorie maintenance and um, calorie deficit range, basically every goal I ever set for somebody is a, is a range, Nearly, it's nearly always a range. If you've got a protein intake goal, I don't say 87.3 grams per day, I'll give you 60 to 120 grams per day as a goal or 90 to 110 or 80 to 100 depending on who you are you know and what the goal is um if you've got a step target goal i never set anybody a goal of 10,000 per day what about 8,000 or more or what about 8 to 12,000 you know um i would never set anybody a specific calorie deficit target this is a massive mistake people make people say oh i'm going to eat 1,200 calories per day or 1,500 or for you 1,800 and if we set that goal, it's a mistake. You'll fail that goal and it'll be my fault because I will have set you an unrealistic target. Nobody can eat a specific calorie number every day. It doesn't even matter what number it is, even if it's an over-maintenance number, you won't be able to. There's no way you can Tetris all these different foods and all that food variety into a, into a varying calorie intake with varying hunger levels and varying exercise and varying levels of tiredness and cravings and all this and events and weekends and bank, bank holidays and people bringing you gifts and donuts turning up at work. You're going to Tetris all this and land on an exact specific calorie number every single day? No, you're not. You're going to fail that goal. It's going to be my fault because it's unrealistic. You're going to feel bad about it and it'll be my fault. And that'll be removing your dietary self-esteem and you'll be failing this program like all the rest and you'll be thinking, oh my God, I mean, this was going to happen. I'll be saying, sorry, fucking hell. Yeah, you know, and it all comes down to crap goal setting. It all comes down literally to crap goal setting. So instead we want calorie ranges. It's like what you said about the minimum you can do and then what's the best it could be. And then that's the range. On a bad day, what does it look like? Or if we could, what's the minimum amount we could achieve? What's a, what's a minimum appropriate level? Like for you, it might be 
seven or 8,000 steps. That might be a day where you don't do too much. It might, you know, it's a little bit of a lower level, but on your good days, you might do 12. Mm -hmm. Good, good. Let's set that as a range. Another thing that I encourage is people to take breaks from all of their goals and from calorie deficits and from exercise. You just need to just go steady sometimes. That's another way to ensure that people achieve. when When I first started the program, I kind of started it, if you like, I was I was seizing the day, um, so I was just starting early, um, but it was two weeks to my holiday, and mm. um, then I was going on holiday, and, and you're right, whilst I was on holiday, you didn't uh, want me to put any pressure on myself to, to really do anything whilst I was away, I was just to enjoy my holiday and my break with my, my people, and, um, and not really worry so much about it and I was kind of stressing a bit at that time because I had made actually pretty decent progress the two weeks before I went away and then I was annoyed and frustrated because I felt oh this is ruining it and uh, and it, I'm never going to make it back almost it kind of felt as yeah. if it was time pressured and therefore I was I was wasting I was wasting this opportunity but actually just you know trusting that I I could just have that two weeks that I had you know less challenging goals or no no real goals and then we got back into it and I have I've made really good progress recently so it's it's been it's been awesome yeah nice steady changes nice blending in and out relaxing when necessary I also encourage people after holidays to not just drop their calorie intake straight down like crazy again just blend back into it nice and steady we do steady small changes we do steady small appropriate changes we assess and adjust the changes as well another way we we increase people's success on the program is we assess how you're doing every single week don't we and if you're not doing well on your goals or liking it then we cancel the goals or swap or change them we, we're, not, we're not married into any one method. We don't have to stick with something just because we've said we'll try it. Like you said right at the beginning, we'll try different methods. Try high protein for a bit. See if you like it. Try intermittent fasting. See how it goes. Try increasing your vegetable intake. See if you feel good or not. Some people don't. Some people do. Try different things. We're figuring out what works for you. We're trying different habits, seeing what sticks, seeing what you enjoy, building a little customized program. That's why sometimes I call it the DIY diet because it's like a do-it-yourself diet. You build it yourself. You you choose your own little targets, tools, methods. You choose your calorie intake. You choose your foods. You chose to do a step count. You choose to cycle. You choose to exercise. You choose how you check in. You choose what you write down. It's all you. Orchestrated by me, sure. Of course, but the play, puppet but, master. <laughs> but played and acted out by you. You are the protagonist in the story. <laughs> no, I, I'm just I'm so I'm so happy to be part of the program. I think it's amazing. I think everybody should do it if they want to. Oh, <laughs> thank you. That's amazing. Thank you so much. Um, it's been a it's been a nice podcast as well today. Thank you for this. Um, did we get through all of your questions, or have you got more? Um, I think we pretty much did. Um, I did. I did think about um, talking about you know. Why? Why do you think group support helps mm. for people? Mm. You know, why, I was why just did thinking you decide maybe we should come back for another way? podcast? Oh, we should. We definitely should. I'll maybe have should. more ideas. Yeah, <laughs> so. good. I think we should come back. I think we should come back. Um, and why did I choose a group training um, format? Because group training um, programs um, show higher success rates than single training programs. That's all it is. People need community. People need peers as well. Um, they really do. They really, really do. I certainly do. Yeah, you need. Well, yeah. some people don't like it. Fine. Some people don't like it. But for people that do, and I like it as well. I like it. It's 
It's preferred to me and it shows increased and enhanced success with more group and peer support. So why not just blend it? We use as many tools as we can. We'll get them all in there. Yeah, definitely. Lovely. Thank you for your time then today, Andrina. I've really enjoyed okay. it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I've really enjoyed then? it. Definitely. Yes, good. Thank you so much. I'll speak to you and I'll see okay. you again soon. Bye.